Almighty and most merciful Father, this is your time, not mine. Let the words I speak bring you praise, O God, and never shame. Enlighten our minds, soften our hearts, and unite us that we will serve you in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. The sermon for this morning, the cost of discipleship. The cost of discipleship. One of my friends had finished seminary and was appointed to a small church uh, in Southern Illinois. And the first week, a man came in and offered him an envelope and he opened it up and it had a $5,000 check in it. And he got excited thinking about this big donation from someone. And the man said, I'll be running for public office next month. I don't have time for this church business, but I need you to sign me up, put my name down somewhere and I'll just pay my dues. I'll be paying $5,000 a year, but I just won't be coming. Seminary hadn't prepared the young pastor for this kind of announcement, but thanks be to God, he put his trust in the father and he thought about it. And the words came out of, just seemed to come from nowhere. He just said, I can't take this. You have to, accept Christ as your savior. You have to, there, there are steps, spiritual steps in, in joining our church. And a man got in a huff and took his $5,000 and left. The cost of discipleship. There are many who believe that you can pay your way into the kingdom. Many believe if you just give a little money, give a little time, Give a little of your energy, you can pay your way, but the kingdom is far richer, far deeper. The cost of discipleship. Jesus was finding his disciples. He wasn't trying to find perfect folk. He wasn't trying to find folk with wealth and means. He was trying to find folk that he could see in their hearts that they would be there for the long haul. The journey will be long, tedious those who had the stick-to-itiveness, those who had the yearning. So he called folk. He called fishermen, called, called others, and working people with calloused hands, some educated, but one who was known as to be a cusser and a fusser. But he built a team of folk who knew the urgency of change and knew the urgency of making a difference in the lives of the world. The cost of discipleship, what will it cost you to say yes? First and foremost, you have to surrender your will. We like being in control of our destiny. We like making our own decisions. But usually, where do our own decisions usually get us if we don't rely on the Holy Spirit? Our financial decisions, our, our uh, other business decisions, personal decisions. Even romantic decisions, if they're made without the guidance of the Holy Spirit, the cost of discipleship. Jesus is looking for us. He's put a home in the vice in our souls called provenient grace that makes us seek him, search for him, and want to say yes. But we, we have to, at the end of, of the day, we can say no. But when we say yes, what does that journey entail? What, is, what do we start doing? First and foremost, you heard me say it more than anything else. You got to have an overabundance of love in you, a hunger 
to yearn to make people better, to be better, a, a hunger to be positive and not pessimistic, a hunger to, to, to serve. Discipleship, what did he say to those disciples? What you're doing now, you're not gonna be doing that. I'm gonna call you to a higher road. What will you say? Some put their nets down and they followed him. Some stopped what they're doing and they followed him. Today, the question is asked, why aren't more people following him? Sometimes I firmly believe that those of us who do follow, maybe our light's not shining as bright as it should. The cause of discipleship says that when I say yes to the Lord, I prepare myself. That means that I spend time with him. The disciples, he didn't just send them out the first day. They spent time learning, building relationships, getting conditioned. They spent time uh, uh, studying, uh, understanding people. They spent time learning how to listen, how to be patient, how to care, how to be different from the world that they were in. They spent time being the people of Jesus Christ. And the cause of discipleship says that we have to be willing to make some changes in how we treat people. I listened to, to President-elect Biden and what he said, he said, if I hear anybody on my staff, on my team, talking down to somebody else, I will fire you on the spot. What he was saying is I have expectations of how people ought to be treated. We can differ. We can have different ideas and opinions about stuff, but at the end of the day, we will respect and care for one another. At the end of the day, when we when we leave, we won't be mad. I remember that when I got married, my, my, my mother said, do not go to sleep mad or angry. If you got something in your heart with your spouse, resolve it before you go to sleep. Because you don't know what today will bring. You don't even know if you're gonna wake up. So we're taught to build those relationships. We're taught to care and honestly seek people for the best in people. If you got the stomach to watch it, I'll recommend uh, a movie for you. Uh, full disclosure, there'll be a little cussing in the movie. Full disclosure, it's, it's R-rated. Full dis disclosure, it's pretty rough. It's called One Night in Miami. And the movie talks about a friendship between Malcolm X, Muhammad Ali, Sam Cooke, and Jim Brown. Four names that you know, radical in many ways, some of them were, but it focused on their differences, their friendship. Sometimes they're fighting, they're fussing, and they're cussing. They're saying stuff that you don't normally want your kids to hear. But at the end of the day, what they said is, we care for one another. We support and pray for one another. We want one another to be, to be better. And even if we have to have hard core conversation, it will be had. But after all is said and done, we will be able to break bread and laugh and talk together and be with each other until one dies. To have a lifetime journey of struggle, of uplift the perseverance, but we'll be in this boat together. Cause the discipleship says that you're in a boat with a lot of different people and this to these differences, you're in that boat with them. But guess what? You gotta say stay in the ship till the journey is over. 
the cost of discipleship says yes i say yes and i give up and i surrender i surrender i surrender god can't put us back together again until we surrender i surrender lord i surrender what would you have me to do i'm doing my study i'm tearing with you lord now the question is what do you need me to do you need me to preach you need me to pray you need me to teach you need me to serve whatever it is i know that i'm going to do that not by myself i'm going to be in a community of faith that does that i'm going to have people who who applaud my success who push me up who lift me up and indeed i stand on the shoulders of many of these folk and wherever i've gotten is because you have allowed me on this discipleship journey to journey with folk who love and care for me you've given me parents you've given me relatives sisters and brothers who are showing me how to be the best that you can possibly be You've heard me say, some of you heard me say that the best man I know and I've ever known was born 16 months after me, my brother Vincent. I, I'm just amazed at his discipleship. When he was a young man, he would take meals to the elderly. He would take people to the doctor. He would give scholarship money even when they had children in school, he was scholarship money to other kids. A lot of stuff he did and nobody had knew anything about it. Constantly, constantly showing others how to be, live a positive life. And, and, and not that he's always had life easy. He's had two heart attacks. At this moment in his life, he's cared for his dear wife, Bertha, who has uh, Alzheimer's and he gives her three meals a day. He takes care of her. He loves her and he never seems despondent or out of it. And I keep saying, how can he keep going on smiling and joyful and in and, and, and such a positive way? And then as my mother would say, that's who he is. That's who he is because he said yes a long time ago. He became a disciple a long time ago, and he said to the Lord, I am not perfect, Lord. Mold me and shape me after thy will. And when it, that happens, you can survive anything. I look at President Biden, who lost a child, a wife, and then he lost another child as the child was older. You ought not outlive your children. And yet, with all the the hatred piled at him, all the evil things people are saying about his age and about who he is, he still stands up. A humble man, a man who weren't born with a lot of money, a man who didn't go to the most elite schools, but a man who has stood up for God all his life. A man who you've heard him mention God in his life. You've heard him mention what it means to be a disciple. You've heard him mention the reason he runs for office. It is not about pride or power, but because, Lord, it is my time. It is a calling on me. Barack Obama, who was a calling in his life. So many presidents, you can't see the calling, but, but, but many folk leaders, you can see that calling. Discipleship says, I call you into this life. And I grant you eternal life. But guess what? There's no guarantee you won't die on this journey. There's no guarantee that you'll be happy every day. You'll have joy. 
There's no guarantee that you'll even get a full meal every day. But the, but the guarantee is I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. I am going to be with you no matter what. Last night, Seth and I journeyed from our home to the country house that she was born in. And if you ever have a chance to visit this house, you can, you can feel the raw essence of civil rights workers who met here. You can feel the raw essence of legendary figures uh, who, who had broke bread here. Famous pastors and, and leaders of the movement who were here in this house. Her, her, the people who raised her aunt didn't have, a, didn't have a high school education. Her, her uncle didn't have uh, probably a fourth or fifth grade education. But they gave themselves up to the Lord and used that talent for the movement early on. And even at the risk of their own lives, they said, yes, Lord, yes, I will follow you because I choose to make the world better. You can just feel the essence of the civil rights people. One of her cousins, uh, Brother Carney, they call him Red Boy. He was on his way to the courthouse to take a charter, the charter for uh, one of the racial justice charters to get it to get it validated at the courthouse and they and they beat him until blood is still on that charter. And when he was asked, why would you take that risk? Why would you do that? Because the Lord called me at that moment in time, called me knowing that I could possibly die, but he called me not to turn around and I couldn't look back. I kept going one step in front of the other. As they beat me, I kept going until I couldn't go anymore. That's the cost of discipleship. What are we paying these days? It is so easy to, for us in this world with all the racism and all the sexism and all the isms, it is still so much easier for us than it was for our ancestors. And yet we do more complaining than they ever did. I would beckon Roger, Cynthia and all of us do a little less complaining and a lot more th being thankful uh, what Jesus has allowed us to do when we said yes. If the cost of discipleship says, Lord, I will let you lead and guide me. I surrender my will, so be it. I surrender my will, Lord, for you to mold me and shape me. I surrender my will, Lord, and I will be empowered by the saints that I meet along the way. I will be empowered, oh Lord, by the saints that I meet along the way. I will be empowered by the people who have influence me, I will be empowered by the kingdom. The cost of discipleship, what will you give for the kingdom? What will you give to the potter? Will you give your whole self? When the altar is open, will you come down and not just put your money on the altar, but put lay prostate across the altar? Lord, I give me. I surrender me. This new year, as we make resolutions, as we make promises that we don't keep, let's make a promise to our living Lord. Lord, I promise you that I will do better. I will live better. I will love better. I will care better. I will love richer, deeper. Lord, I will do what you'd have me to do. I will join the millions of people
who've lifted their hands up to make this world better. I will join my brothers and my sisters, be they Baptist, be they Methodist, be they Episcopalian, be they Catholic, whoever they are, Lord, I will join my brothers and sisters in holding the cross up high. I will join them because I understand that the cost of discipleship, you've called me away from the world. You've called me away from the stuff, the trappings of life. You've called me away, Lord. So help me to bond with your world. Help me to embrace your world. Help me to love your world. Help me to care richly and deeply for your world, Lord. Help me to get up every day with an abounding amount of joy. That when people see me, they see Christ in me. When they see me, Lord, they see my trust. When they see me, Lord, they see humility. When they see me, they see somebody who stands for you. And when I don't, Lord, help those who love me to say, you've fallen off the path. Help those who love me to say, get back on. Help those who love me to say, the king, the king is waiting on you at the River Jordan. And when the time comes, you'll hear those saints say, well done, thy good and thy faithful servant. We all, when you hit your 60s, 70s, you're lucky to be in your 80s, you think so deeply about your own mortality. And you have to ask the question, has it been worth it? Have I, my life had meaning that I make the world better? I'm always haunted by the movie Saving Private Ryan when uh, the man stood at Arlington Cemetery and broke down with his children holding him up, knowing that people had gone through so much so he might live. He was the last of five brothers, four brothers had been killed and the military wanted to make sure that that family didn't lose the total legacy. So they sent people to save him. And they got, they knew how much had been paid for him to be saved. And he broke down and said, have I been a good man? I asked myself that constantly. Cause you know, you, <laughs> you say me years old, you go sleeping and may not wake up. But you have to ask yourself, have I been a good man? Have I been a good woman? We can't answer that. The person who will truly answer that, well, we can say, we can believe, people have to know who would validate our lives, who would say, yeah, Roger was a good guy, who would say, yes, Brother Mayo was a good guy, who would say, yes, Brother Simmons was a good guy, Brother George was a good person, Brother April was a good person, who would say that? If we walk the walk and talk the talk, at the end of that journey, we will be assured that people will know that our life was not in vain and we mattered. Someone once said, if you matter in the life of a child, then, then, then you matter. If you matter in the life of any person, if you made a difference in any person's life, so be it. God is good all the time and all the time God is good. So as we venture into this new year, let our dream and our resolution be that we are so thankful that we're still here. I am the storms of life have raged, knocked us down, torn us asunder, all the stuff that has happened, and we're still here. Like a leaf blowing in the wind, we are still here. We have overcome cancer, we're still here. We've overcome heart disease, we're still here. We've overcome loss of jobs, we're still here. We've overcome COVID-19, we're still here. We've overcome racism, sexism, hatred, but we're still here. Not because we're good, we're still here because God still has something for us to do. So we say, get up and let's get it done. 
Amen and amen and amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, help us to be better disciples. We claim it in your name, Lord. Help us to journey on. And if there are disciples who have been those who want to be disciples and need to be spiritually led, oh God, then help our church or any church open. They can just contact us and 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 seek further guidance as to how to say yes to your kingdom and your kingdom building. Those who are listening is it's so simple. You can just say yes, Lord. I I repent of my sins. I accept you as Lord and Savior. Thank you, Lord, for coming into my life. And it's done. Then you seek fellowship with the kingdom of God. But you've already said yes. And for those who are going to leave us after Facebook time, those who are going to be in glorious sightings, same thing for you. You can say yes. So be with us in all our endeavors, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen.